Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Dr. Simon, and the show, as always, is the stories we live by. And uh, today in sunny Florida, it was hot. I always start with a forecast. Uh, but the humidity is down. The sky can mm. actually be seen as blue. Oh. So uh, I don't know what that, that uh, August for the rest mm. of the summer, but it was good today. My guest is a special, special person. Uh, Sue Parry is a retired occupational therapist, and she will talk about the, uh, her experiences of, uh, uh, and the family experiences with her three now grown sons, who were all diagnosed at risk for ADHD, conduct disorder, and various learning disabilities. And she is very passionate about discussing uh, uh, this topic. She was a, uh, she's now a retired occupational therapist. Uh, as she has uh, in the past testified uh, at the National Institute of Mental Health and the FDA, the Federal Drug Administration. Uh, and she has been quoted in uh, many publications uh, about her expertise uh, and her passion about the uh, ADHD, the Attention Deficit Hyperactivity. So good afternoon, Sue. Good afternoon, Larry, and all the listeners. Most of them will come on later. Okay. But they come, you'll be heard ultimately all over the world. So uh, let's, let's, uh, we'll talk about, so talk about uh, your, your personal experiences, and then we'll talk about what has happened since the time your boys got caught up in this, in this uh, process of diagnosis of ADHD. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let me see if I can um, condense this because I, I could go on and on and on, but um yeah, this um, actually all started uh, 30 years ago when our middle son was finishing kindergarten, and it was an all-day program, and they, in this program, it was just in a public elementary school, uh, he was uh, finishing up the year, and the teacher um, one day uh took me aside and said that uh, she said, you know, Andy's not reading as well as his classmates. And that came as a, just a, a shock to me. And I said, oh, and she said, yeah. And she said, you know, well, over the summer, she said, um, you, you might want to have him before he starts first grade, you might want to have him checked out for uh, attention deficit disorder. And it just was like, Okay, so now what? And I, and so this was back in 1990, and I um, really not heard too much about it back then that I really paid attention to. Well, come to find out that a few years later, five or six years later, uh, we lived in a community in a suburb of Seattle, Washington, that. Uh, um, had a very high consumption rate of Ritalin, uh, indicating there was a very high uh, uh, prevalence rate in this community. 
and that was because there was a, a doctor there, a pediatrician himself, who said he had attention deficit disorder, and he ran the biggest ADD clinic in the Pacific Northwest. He actually had people come down from Alaska to be um, identified and evaluated and subsequently drugged. So this set us on quite an odyssey for really the last six years of what to do with our our son. And the first three years were uh, trying to figure out what was going on with him. Um, now, let me ask you then. Let me stop you for one yeah. second. Yeah. How did you feel when a teacher who is not a medical doctor mm. diagnoses okay. your son with the word well, disorder? Yeah, she didn't exactly diagnose him, but she just, it was, it was actually very casual. I think she was very, I think she was genuinely uh, concerned and well-intentioned and well-meaning. But um, I do know for a fact that this particular doctor was giving in services to the teachers. And so the kids were basically set up for if there was any kind of, um, say, I don't want to even say developmental lag or developmental delay, or if they weren't, if they were seen as, as not working to their potential, because over the years we heard that several times. But um, I wasn't exactly offended or insulted, but it just caught me like, like I'm like right now, I'm just kind of tilting my head like, well, what, what is, what are you trying to tell me about my son? She didn't say was, you know, abnormal or well, mentally ill or psychiatric disorder it was just ADD and I had read very little about it and um, boy it really sent us on a trajectory of what do we do and what we did then was um, who do we turn to for this it found you know it's a, a a medical diagnosis, and I, I did. Um, I think over that summer, I just kind of let it go. Uh, he hit first grade, and um, and Andy just didn't. Um, he just wasn't really <laughs> too interested in school. He was more interested in his artwork, being a Ghostbuster. Um, he wasn't, I wouldn't say he was hyperactive or he was, you know, high energy. We have three boys. They're all high energy. Their friends are high. I'm a high energy person. Um, By the way, but he hit, show me a yeah. boy who's not high energy. And that's a boy <laughs> I'll worry about. Okay. Yeah. Well, we're, people don't talk about people high energy and hypoactive. I mean, it's always hyperactive in it. And really it's, it's the disorder is in the eye of the beholder because Hyperactive indicates pathology, and Andy doesn't have pathology. He has Andy. So, so then in first grade, once again, he had a, a teacher who really wanted the kids to, to buckle down 
and Andy just was, he just, um, she, you know, once again, here's a teacher that had been through these, you know, workshops and in-services about ADD, and she just didn't think he was doing very well. Well, then he went into second grade, and it was great. He was, we actually, well, unfortunately got him classified as, as special needs, but this was okay because with this teacher, she was much more holistic and um, she was a good teacher for Andy. And he went to a class with some other kids just in the morning for the more academic stuff. And it, it was wonderful. It was hands-on. It was very expressive. It was exploratory. He blossomed. And then, and then he would go back. They did more of their academic stuff, the math and the, the reading in the morning. And then he'd go back in the afternoon for the kind of the art and the social studies and, and PE and all. And then. What does Andy do so now? That, what does Andy has a, a, a business now? To, uh, he has, works in, in, in two businesses. And um, he's, he's still uh, very, very much an entrepreneur um, creative. I uh, went on to college uh, um, he's, 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 he's just, he's a fun person. He's a uh, good personality. He's honest. Um, I think we're real lucky that, that, that he's alive. Um, what happened then in, in third grade, he really started to tank because we lived in a community. It turned out that, um, many of the kids, um, were getting, um, uh, not remedial, but, um, enrichment uh, education. They were getting a lot of tutoring, uh, Kumon Math Center, uh, Sylvan Learning Center. So the, the, the ordinary, average, uh, quote, normal kid, unless you were getting that assistance, you weren't competitive. And that's what it was. You weren't performing as well as the other kids because they were like, you know, a step ahead. And that's, to me, that's is, is, this is what it's, it's really all about. It's about achievement. It's performance in a pill. So by third grade, he wasn't doing well. Then I took him to the... But he wasn't doing well relative to the kids who were in all these enrichment programs. That, that's right. That's exactly right. And it's a, yeah. it's a catch-22. So I took him to the doctor, um, Luckily, it wasn't the doctor on where we lived in the community. Um, it was a community over, and uh, she was very um, uh, just a mainstream pediatrician. Um, she was very cautious, though. Uh, did the, uh, we did the evaluation with the, the parents, the teachers, and the doctor and everything. Come to find out. I, that's really a, a bogus, a bogus evaluation. It really doesn't mean anything because the way it's scored. But Andy did meet the criteria, and well, you know, we thought, hmm, maybe this will. I was a real believer that he did have some kind of uh, neurobiological disorder, and. Uh, went on a, a very low dose of Ritalin, uh, lowest it could go, five milligrams, uh, just in the morning. 
and um, well, it um, he take his so you got caught up. You were a believer at that point. Oh yeah, yeah, but there was still a lot of skepticism. Something didn't seem right, and the something that didn't seem right uh, a few years later was like, whoa, this is really not right. Um, and uh, ended up that Andy, uh, it was the mm, third grade, fourth, and then into half of fifth grade uh, was on the Ritalin, but it was just uh, not on, the, not on, you know, it just stopped making sense about not taking it in the summer. And uh, um, he did have uh, several um, episodes of cardiac arrhythmia uh, when he was at school, and that landed him in the nurse's office. And come to find out then, um, I remember the nurse told me a couple of times that it couldn't possibly be the Ritalin because her own son was on Ritalin, and he was doing just fine on it. So I heard I was getting this conflicting information about the safety and efficacy of the drug. So anyway, it went into fifth grade and my husband and I decided, well, he's going to go into sixth grade. We're going to try a new start. And he went off of it. And honestly, at this school, it was uh, very, um, uh, like a lot of schools, um, competitive academic um sixth grade was really like um (laughs) high school to me what maybe when I went to high school that the workload for the kids was just too much it was and Andy had difficulty then a lot of kids did a lot of boys and his his um one of his teachers then suggested to me that Andy go on dexedrine (laughs) And she actually said that. And so, well, we thought once again, gee, maybe there is something going on here. So then he was on Dexedrine for a week. But the problem with that is it was keeping him up till uh, 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning, which was keeping me up till 1 and 2 o'clock in the morning. After that, we we just quietly stopped giving anything to Andy. And uh, it was basically then for us uh, the whole diagnosis and any kind of treatment was um, it was done and then I really started my husband I really started investigating as to what this really is and well if we had known if we had known in 1990 1990 what we knew in 1997 uh, so let's get to that I would what did you learn and when, when, and when did you get angry well, at the craziness of angry. what was going on? I, I got angry when I took him back to the pediatrician and who I, I, I don't blame her for, for making the diagnosis and even prescribing the drugs because I think she's really trying to help. What she did give me then was a documentary called that was um, it came out on PBS 
1995. Uh, it was called ADD, A Dubious Diagnosis by John Merrill of Learning Matters. And it's an hour documentary. And really what it revealed, and she gave it to me in VHS format. I mean, uh, uh, DVD hadn't come out, but she gave this to me. And she said, um, you know, this was on TV the, um, the other night. And she said, why don't you take a look at this? And so I remember I took it home, and maybe a couple of days later I put it in. And my husband and I sat there and watched it. And what it really revealed is um, the collusion between um, the makers of Ritalin. Uh, well, now Ritalin is old stuff. It's, it's Adderall and Vyvanse and many, many others. Uh, but the, really the, the collusion between um, the drug makers, the pharmaceutical company, um, <laughs> the U.S. Department of Education, and a support group uh, named CHAD. Which stands and, for? Um, uh, Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Disorder. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, we saw that, and then it all made sense that this is what it really is about, is it's a huge uh, marketing scheme. It's a marketing scam. It's, right. um, and we really, we, we saw that we were, really had been um, exploited and our family had just really been um, made into psychiatric roadkill. Um, That's a great expression. Out. Can I use that one, Sue? Psychiatric <laughs> well, roadkill? Yeah, because, um, and then we started uh, really looking, um, digging deep. And, and then um, that was all back in the, mm, let's see, 97, 98. Then in 1998 at Nas National Institutes of Mental Health. Oh, most importantly, documentary was Dr. Peter Bragan. And I had never heard of him before, ever. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we, we, had been, um, we had been told to try um, brain, brain gym. We were told to cut out all white flour, all white sugar, no milk products. Um, we're supposed to try blue-green algae. Uh, we were supposed to, Andy was supposed to eat. Oh, he, was, he, he really should uh, try and get um, acupuncture, um, chiropractor. <laughs> um, I mean, there's Laughing, all kinds of I'm not trying therapy out there. Hmm? I'm laughing because I mean, I'm not guessing. No, I was, I was, we were just searching for alternatives. The best alternative we ever did was what we could have done was um, move away from that community, which we eventually did and put them in a, you know, another school, another school district or um, the best thing really uh, would be homeschooling. Um, and I, and, um, but the thing is about, and I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, you've got, I've got to be very careful here to not, you know, condemn the overall school system. Although, uh, 
they certainly, the teachers have certainly been um, miseducated and misinformed and basically indoctrinated that ADD and a lot of other childhood disorders are are biologically based, whereas I come at it from a very much of a um, a behavioral point of view. And that's yeah. what Andy was exhibiting. And um, if, if, he, if, see, if, 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 yeah. Let me, let me just jump in because okay, sure, uh, sure. as I'm sitting here, my blood pressure goes up. Um, there is no, the word disorder Mm-hmm. is a word that shouldn't be applied to anybody's behavior when what we're talking about is a difference. That's right. Well, that's just it. What's happened is um, a learning difference is, has become a disability on a grand and profitable scale. If you yes. look at, I mean, as a retired occupational therapist, I did spend some time working in the in the public school system and so if you've got a um uh, a, a a a true disability say like say cerebral palsy or muscular dystrophy or down syndrome those um i don't even want to call them a, a, a disability but um they don't go away depending on the situation or depending on the setting, right. they'll right. they'll um, even with cerebral palsy, it might improve a little bit with you know if you get in the with with some aqua therapy or or muscular dystrophy or Down syndrome, but they don't they they don't simply up and disappear and go away. Not so with 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 I've seen with conduct disorder, oppositional defiant disorder. Disruptive behavior disorder. Um, well, those are know, clearly moral. Mm. They're clearly moral. They're clearly moral judgments. That's right. Yeah. In other words, a kid, you know, what, what, uh, when, I, when I was still teaching, uh, the last 20 years of my teaching, I actually taught my abnormal psychology classes using the DSM. Mm-hmm. You see, and I would start with oppositional defiant disorder mm-hmm. and show them that a child who is misdisciplined, a child who's rebellious against authority is being diagnosed as having a disorder of something wrong without any view of the context. It's a political judgment. It's politics. Yes. It, yes. It's authoritarian yeah. politics. It's when you get to ADHD or you get to schizophrenia, and I don't want to go into these other so-called diagnoses, that people dig their heels in, you see. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. What we're talking about are are individual differences, most of which are completely normal behavior made abnormal by these standards that are being set up. All right. The first time I, I, I many years ago, when I was still doing my masters, I was I taught as a substitute teacher, and a little girl in the class. I gave a test, and she got hysterical. Uh, she didn't do well. I said, "What's the matter?" She said, "And this is fifth grade I was teaching." She said, "I didn't do well on the test. I'm not going to get a good grade. I'm not going to get into a good college, and my life is going to be oh. ruined." 
Now, and she now, was in fifth grade. That was the first time I heard that. That was in the 60s. Uh-huh. That is now the catechism that children are being raised with. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't get yeah, into the Ivy League, if you don't get into the best school, whether or not you want to go to college. <laughs> right, right. Whether it, well, what about, you know, the, the Leo the Late Bloomer? Um, you know, um, it's, I mean, I, I'm just shaking my head. I mean, my, my blood, blood pressure is fine, but I just, I'm just shaking my head because we're doing a, a, a tremendous disservice to, uh, this is very cruel and really uh, should stop. But what I see, uh, and I've spoken to, um, I mean, I've given in services and seminars and some workshops, and I just, I tell people, it's just, um, it's, it, to me, it's, there's, there's a behavioral component to ADD and an academic to what's called ADD. And I just say it's zero tolerance of temperamental and developmental diversity. And, and so for, for me to tell somebody that, um, you know, your, your child is, you know, hyperactive or inattentive or distractible. It, it, it's all contextual. And it, ah, it can, yes, that's the word contextual. It, yeah. If, um, you there? I'm here. I'm here. I'm uh, here. Yeah. Okay. No, no. Um, uh, I've got a call coming in, but it's okay. Um, ignore it. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so, so anyway, it's, but actually then um, all, all three of our boys um, who are now, uh, oldest one's 40, and then Andy's uh, 36, and the youngest one is 34, um, the school system in one way or another um, really suggested that, I mean, everybody in this community had attention deficit disorder yes it was it, yes. it got to be bizarre um and and so we we eventually did move away but uh back in in um there's back in 1998 uh there at national institutes of mental health um there was a a, a conference it was um in november of 1998 and it, it assembled um probably about uh 30 of the um, the most um, renowned uh, proponents um, of the biological basis for for ADHD, and I've got the quote here. It was a three day conference, and um, I'll just read here. It says that at the 1998 ADHD Consensus Development Conference in Bethesda, Maryland, issued, and it reads. Um, however, we do not have an independent valid test for ADHD, and there is no data to indicate that ADHD is due to a brain malfunction. And then when I testified before the um, FDA stimulant hearing on February 9, 2006, uh, doc, Dr. Andrew Moshholder stated, the etiology is unknown. The diagnosis is clinical. There is no pathognomonic, physical, or laboratory findings, and there is no psychological testing 
that can make the diagnostic for certain. So it is based on clinical characteristics. So basically, it's, it's, it's open to interpretation. But that said, the thing is, um, it's a very um, personal uh, judgment if 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 you if if it's like if um there's a real good book out there by uh Carl Elliott uh it's called um the title is um uh, American um oh better than well better than well and it's this is bigger than just ADHD it it's it's the the improvement the betterment of of ourselves, and the, the title of the book is uh, "Better Than Well: American American Medicine Meets the American Dream," and it really has to do with what we're doing to ourselves inside and out to make us more uh, competitive, uh, better looking, from dyeing our hair to tattooing. I mean, it it's making well. Everybody is desperate. Everybody is desperate to catch up to a standard that's been created that's through advertising. Right. And well, you know what's interesting? Let me make a couple of points uh, here. My wife was special ed teacher and, and still hasn't forgiven me for forcing her to retire. Uh, she, was, she loved her work. Uh, it, this was about oh, 20 years ago. We were walking on the beach, and it was Labor Day. I remember it was a beautiful, beautiful day. Mm-hmm. And we passed a group of boys, six, seven, eight-year-olds, mm-hmm. and they were going wild in the water. They were screaming. Mm-hmm. They were running back and forth. They were kicking water at each other. They were mm-hmm. having the most wonderful time. They were mm-hmm. all filled with joy. Mm-hmm. Right? And she looked at me and she said, tomorrow they will have to sit down for five hours. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Put it in context. Mm-hmm. Put it in context. The other thing yeah. is behavior can't be judged medically. If there's no medical cause for this behavior, let me change it. If there is a medical cause, then it's not a psychological problem. It's a medical problem. Sure, sure. So stop calling it a behavioral problem yeah. and pretending that it's medical. Yeah. If that's yeah. missing, all you're doing is making a judgment about behavior outside of the context in which it takes place, and that's a moral judgment. Right, right. Well, let, and what let, we've let, let, to let me, our children yeah. by the millions and millions and millions, and we've said to the adults, you don't measure up morally, mm-hmm. and we're going to pretend it's medically. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. killing well, us. I, we're all wrong yeah. Well, in my research over the years and, you know, talking to a lot of professionals and, um, and and I don't think this is just anecdotal, but what I would like to say is I truly think there are a, a few thousand kids out there that do have um, some neurological damage, possibly from, say, fetal alcohol syndrome or right. you know, cocaine addiction, all of that. Right. It's really, it's really minuscule. It's not 
this has been turned into it's a very what's going on is is very subjective like we said it's open to interpretation now you know there 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 is no um still after all these years uh if andy was brain scanned now there is no um uh neurobiological disease there there is no you know quote ADD brain, but there, he wouldn't, but I think there, there, and I, I know there's, I don't know how many thousand, but just, it's, it's, it's a very, very small percentage, but when this, and we were just, we were just sitting ducks, the DSM, the DSM-4 came out in, I think, in, in 91, and when that happened, and you know, uh, I remember Alan it well. Francis, well, Alan Francis, Dr. Alan Francis, there at Duke was the the chairman of of that uh, DSM task force. And now, five uh, five or six years ago, I wrote a book called Saving Normal because soon after that came out, um, the the um, the rates of uh, childhood bipolar disorder, autism, and ADHD just skyrocketed. Right. And right. that's, we were right in the midst of that. And unbeknownst to us, well, I didn't pay any attention to the really the DSM. I really didn't even know back in 1990 that, that ADD was a, was a mental illness, was a psychiatric disorder. And this is just, uh, this is this really needs to stop because um, it's right. By the way, and you can't make it stop. And I'll tell you why you can't be stopped. Um, we belong to an organization, and I always tout the organization ISEPP, the International Society for Ethical Psychology and Psychiatry, which was an outgrowth of an organization called the International Center for Ethical Psychology and Psychiatry that was started by Peter Bregan. Mm-hmm. So I'm very familiar with Peter Bregan. And what has happened to my field of so-called clinical psychology, and I push my book when I talk about this, the stories, psychotherapy and the stories we live by, we medicalized everything to get it health insurance to cover as third-party payers. Yeah. The number of people who could really afford a professional charging $100, $200 an hour for service, and I'm not arguing that the fee is unreasonable or that it shouldn't be a choice of somebody to go and have some kind of uh, of help uh, for a whole variety of living in the world problems. But the minute we made that was a devil's bargain. And we umbrellaed ourselves as a field after world psychology did. Social work didn't do any therapy then. But after World War II, so many men came back with shell, what was originally was called shell shock, and that was called war neurosis. And now my most hate, the second most hated diagnosis in the DSM, post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Guy goes off, the young guy goes off to war from a peaceful country. He, he, he's blown up. He sees people blown up. He commits murder. Uh, his, his buddies are killed. And he comes back and he's different. He can't see the world the same way. He's disordered. That's obscene. But when we joined with psychiatry and we became a profession and we now started taking third-party payments, we became part of the kill machine. Because if you took away the medical payments, the field would collapse in an hour. It exists on the basis. And you and I both know, through the organization, large numbers of people who know and will tell you they know that the diagnoses are bullshit. Yeah. But you can't say it publicly mm-hmm. because you'll be attacked You'll be told you're crazy because the quickest way to be called you're crazy, Sue, is yeah. to say there's no such thing as mental illness. Well, <laughs> and you lose that. your, yeah. you can't earn a living. Sure. So it's not going to change. And what's worse is that if you look at the advertising on television mm-hmm. and the number of diagnoses being applied to, 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 uh, to the adult, there's now in the last DSM-5 over 500 diagnoses. Yeah. Somebody came up with a diagnosis this Christmas season. I don't think they put it oh. in yet. Called oh. excessive shopping disorder. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> right now you laugh. Well, but the minute it comes I, out, once again, I'm just sitting here shaking my head because it's just it just is. Anything uh, can be turned into a diagnosis. Uh-huh. Make a moral uh-huh. judgment, and you know, I'll see some guy cut me off on the road. I'll say schmuck. All I yeah. have to do is say disorder, schmuck yeah. disorder, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. therapy and well, give I've, a drug. I've, I've got my uh, my my own disorder. It's called um, persistent persistent disorder disease because in this whole thing, I've been I've had to be very very persistent PDD, and uh, so it's just yeah. Um, the the whole you know the 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 pathologizing the medicalizing the diseaseifying of our our lives well um yeah a lot of well sometimes we have tremendous amounts of um a difficulty coping um i mean look what's gone on with the coronavirus and it and this 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 really happened and well i think when when you when there's uncertainty and anxiety well then yeah there's de- depression it, we don't know what's going to happen um but it's that's all normal to me you've got to be very careful when you say something is 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 abnormal because uh I mean, if we weren't worried, um, well, then we can't just stick our head in the sand so? and say, yes. So can you hear me? Yes. Oh, good. Because I, I knocked myself offline. Oh, I'm sorry. Go oh. ahead. Okay. Anyway. Um, so. Go ahead. No, I, I don't. Um, let me see. I guess. Um, I don't know. I really, that's, 
that's my story. Um, the Andy's doing great now, and it's now it's just to me, I could just set this all aside and say, I've done my part, but it I um, it's there's still more and more diagnoses and more and more uh, uh, subsequent treatment. Uh, it's not treatment. It dr- it's not treatment. Well, it, if you have a problem that's medical, it's not treatment. Sure. It's well, indoctrination. Yeah. It's, it's drugging, and that's the treatment. problem. Yeah. We've got to stop using the word treatment. Yeah. And that's the only word we have. Well, what but, the, the way I what I um, termed it, it it's um, biopsychiatric social control. And it, yes, it, absolutely. It, it's it's that's a great way of putting it. it now, by the way, it, you are involved. I don't think you talked about. I, I was off off the, off the air for maybe a minute. I hit the oh, wrong okay. button and I disconnected myself. Oh. You're involved. In the develop, somebody's developing a um, documentary about this. Yes. Um, this, Want to talk about that this, before we finish? Yeah, just mm-hmm, sure. Um, yeah, this documentary. It's uh, the title right now is um, ADHD is over, and hopefully, it's going to do it's going to do what um, ADD a dubious diagnosis. Uh, didn't do. Unfortunately, ADD, a dubious diagnosis, wasn't widely distributed back then. That was in 95 when it first came out. Well, this is 25 years later, and things have really changed. Yeah. Yeah, this documentary is it's supposed to come out <clears throat> hopefully about this time next year. And um, I wouldn't be – there's going to be a lot of um, – Experts uh, interviewed, different authors. Um, I think more importantly, there's going to be um, parents of children who have 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 died from the medication. Um, not it's not even, medication. Well, it's a it, drug. The drug. There you go. And by the, the way, if you or I were caught in the street selling that drug to children. We get 25 years to life. Mm-hmm. It's not a medication. Well, we I, have to stop calling it medication. Yeah, it's okay. not a medication. Okay. No, I, okay. But I, I An told, antibiotic I told, is medication if you have a diagnosed yeah. strep throat. Right. Insulin well, I, I is a medication if that, you have diabetes. Right. Bad yeah, behavior. If we change yeah. bad behavior, what's called bad behavior, unacceptable behavior, disturbing behavior, and you drug it, it's a drug. Yeah. Well, That's I've, all I've it told is. people that it's, um, some people see their doctors and others see their dealers. And so it's... Um, yeah. Yeah. So. Yes. And your doctor is your pusher. And the teachers yeah. who... It's such a, I had a, an argument with, with, I was trying to get my kids to read my book. And uh-huh. I went through some, I realized I was pushing, I was pushing, because my daughters are both uh, uh, speech pathologists and they work in school uh-huh. systems. 
sure. And when you say there's no such thing as mental illness, what happened when mm. Zoss wrote his book, The Myth of Mental Illness, people who didn't read it said, well, what he's saying is hallucinations and delusions don't exist. And that's not what he said. He said they do exist, but they're just not medical phenomena unless you can prove there's an underlying medical condition to account for them. So my uh-huh. daughters were pushing back on me until I realized they were hearing me say that the children who have all these difficulties learning in the context of their school are children, and I'm saying the problems don't exist. Mm-hmm. And I said, no, the problems exist. I know what you're up against. I understand that. Yeah. But they're not medical problems. Right. They're, they're behavioral. Yeah, they're psychological. Mm-hmm. The kid is different. And the moment mm-hmm. I was able to tell them that, they understood that I was not telling uh-huh. them. And they understood that the word disorder is a moral judgment, not yeah. a medical judgment. Right. Because you're judging behavior. And then what you're yeah. doing is judging essence of the child. Yeah. The child is disordered. What could be worse than that? Then to internalize, for a child to grow up internalizing, I'm yeah. disordered as a human being. Yeah. And I don't know yeah. how to make it stop. That's why I do this show and why I love that you came on to tell yeah. your story. And I hope you don't stop fighting ever. <laughs> because we've got to push back on this and we've got to do it. Of course, yeah, it's, it's, getting, uh, it's not getting out of here. It's out of hand. Well, it's out it, of hand. It is, it is out of control, and even uh, a lot of uh, uh, doctors and uh, therapists, I mean, we live in a very uh, psychological therapeutic society. That's a big part of the problem. Yes. be a whole other yes. radio show. Um, and I know my former profession, occupational therapy, has really bought into this, and um, it's, uh, yeah, we got a big problem here um, on top of We got a big, problem. a big problem. Yeah, so. And but, I think that one of the, you know, I, the last two shows, I did a mea culpa. Uh, I said I apologize to anybody I ever diagnosed, and I could do it now because I'm retired. Uh-huh. What I didn't understand, and I don't feel that great guilt, because once I understood that the diet, you know, I had read Thomas Zoss's book back in 76, yeah. and I remember sure. where I was sitting when I read it. A, mm-hmm. a patient hadn't shown up in my private practice, mm-hmm. and I said, my God, he's right. And f- mm-hmm. from then till now, I've been trying, well, if it's not a, a, a mental illness, what is it? Mm-hmm. And it's the best mm-hmm. a person can do, given the totality mm-hmm. of their experiences, mm-hmm. the, of their yeah. genetics, of who they are and how they grew up and, and what kind of system they lived in. Mm-hmm. And what I, what I now apologize for is being part of the system. Mm-hmm. Because in these last two shows, I talk about why we're writing out our democracy. Mm-hmm. We're convincing yeah. the society it's all sick. Yeah, like a that sick, people sick, society, sick society disorder. Yes, it's a sick society disorder, and and but I love the idea of psychiatric roadkill. I'm going to yeah, I'm going to make that one famous. <laughs> I will quote you for having given it to me. Yeah. Well. Yes. We're, we're, that's, psychiatric. You know, we, were just, we 
we were just chewed up and spit out and uh and then we had a you know that was our wake-up call i can say that um maybe this all this happened for a reason and or and maybe it was a blessing in disguise because if this hadn't happened i know i wouldn't be in touch with some of the most wonderful people that i've ever met that I never would have known had existed it it's right it, and I've learned I've learned so much and it's it's been painful it's been hard it's been rewarding but it never should have happened because Andy's no. just Andy and by the way your other two were, weren't caught up in the psychiatric uh more more were you were they well just um not uh, no, the oldest one, um, he wasn't doing well uh, all through um, middle school, and we did we did have he just um, he uh, Ben wasn't performing to his ability, and it was hinted that he might be learning disabled and ADD. We had him checked out, but we'd already dealt with Andy. Uh, it turns out that Ben is now. Um, got a master's degree in electrical engineering and right. he just wasn't performing wasn't anything we did he hit ninth grade and um is just gone on to do very well our youngest son jamie um he's 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 doing fine he's well uh there again he's a little left-handed boy and just didn't buckle down to the the unrealistic and demands and expectations and they tried to um, diagnose him as learning disabled, dyslexia, and we never got oh, as God. far as the ADD. But everybody, that's when everybody is at risk for something. And this is right. what really is frightening to me and very upsetting. Um, yes, that, as it should be. As yeah, it should be. It just, it just, okay. So I tell you what, I think we should yes. close this down. Okay. Uh, show, I thank you endlessly for coming on Um, and I hope a lot of people hear this Uh, and we'll see what happens nobody else called in I made it that you uh, notified ISEPP I notified ISEPP but nobody did call in Um, and we won't discuss why (laughs) it's okay nobody had to and it is four in the afternoon anyway terrific uh, okay. I hope to talk to you soon. I hope someday to be able to meet you. I hope so too, Larry. Okay. And well, we can we'll go meet. out and and uh, you know more relaxed times because <laughs> yeah. these yeah. times have just they, they spin your head. All right. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Thank you, Sue. Okay. Take Thank care. You very much. Okay. And I'm going to now close your line and shut the show and see what happens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you again. Thank you, Larry. Okay. Bye.